Welcome, welcome everyone to the Trail Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Stoner, and I'm back with another Gear Series chat here at the Trail Life. This time, I'm jumping into the very exciting world of insoles. You heard me right, insoles. It's what every trail runner talks about and what every trail runner needs, or maybe not, but it's important to talk about anyway. So let's get into it with my next guest, Matt Levine. Well, help me turn the turn in. Well, help me get it right. I don't want to hurt nobody. Well, I don't want to fight. Well, offer me the peace of mind and let me. All right, Matt, thanks so much for being on the Trail Life and joining me for our gear set, a uh, gear chat series. Um, today, we're going to be talking insoles. And I know it's not the most exciting conversation, but probably one of the most important conversations when it comes to runners and their shoes. Yeah, no doubt. Kind of the great unknown. Yeah, exactly. So to give my listeners a little bit of background, what, how long have you been in the industry and what do you do within the industry that makes you an expert? Yeah, thanks. So I've been in uh, the running and fitness industry since 1999. Um, I hold a um, certified podorthic degree. Um, I've held that degree for about 15 years. So essentially, I'm a licensed healthcare practitioner. Um, so when a podiatrist writes a prescription for an orthotic, I'm the person that actually makes the orthotic. Um, and prior to doing that on a medical aspect, I was the program manager for um, Shoe Dog, which is a running retail gate analysis for Roadrunner Sports. So I did that for a long time. Um, and then after that, I did a full-time medical uh, podorthic practice with hanger orthotics and prosthetics. Um, and now now I work at Implus as a program line manager uh, for their insole division. Nice. So we're definitely talking to the right person about, about, about insoles. So that's exciting. So I want to get right into it. When and why should a runner start using insoles? When is, when is that breaking point for them as far as when they should start looking for that stuff? Sure. So the easiest way I can describe it, and I get this question all the time, is you got to remember that the cheapest part of any shoe you you go buy for any kind of distance is the insole. It's worth nothing. Shoe companies know this. Uh, the only purpose it serves is so that you don't feel the stitching that connects the upper to the midsole. Now, that being said, to answer your question, uh, the answer is immediately. Uh, if you want to increase comfort, if you want to add a layer of functionality that you didn't have before, adding that aftermarket footbed is going to make your shoe last longer. It's going to make your feet feel better. And if you fit it correctly, it's going to really restore the proper functionality to your running strike. Now, are all like, so you said that the, it just adds the extra comfort. So all, it doesn't matter what shoe you're looking at, whether it's road, trail, hiking shoe, doesn't matter. Uh, they just put in a pretty much a piece of paper at the bottom yep. of the shoe just to help out. So it doesn't matter what shoe you're looking at, you're going to want to get the insole. Exactly in it. So now the big question um, that a lot of people have and a lot of people get confused by is the difference in the type of insoles, right? You've got somebody who's got right. some plantar fasciitis uh, who maybe needs a high, high arch, or you got somebody who's flat footed. What's the difference between a lot of the different types that are out there? And then also, um, one of the things that I think is really cool is the development of, of the insoles or the technology of the insoles. They're now being custom molded mm -hmm. um, to people's feet. So could you go into a little bit of that as well? 
Yeah, God, we could have you here for an hour to talk about insults. <laughs> you know, Remember, keep it short. Keep yeah, it short. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, the, the short and sweet answer really is two categories of insults. There's accommodative, which are insults that just work with what your foot is already dealing with and just makes it more comfortable. So it doesn't restore or change the function of your foot. The second is functional. So if you have a functional insole, you are attempting to restore or alter the functionality of your foot strike, your gait, right? The last part of your question was custom and custom molded insoles. Well, it's all about how firm of support you're going with, because I can make you a heat molded custom footbed. And if as soon as you put your weight on it, your foot just collapses right in. Well, then you're not really restoring function. You're just kind of accommodating what's going on with your foot already and making things slightly more comfortable. So you have to really weigh that in as far as, you know, am I really injured or do I want something that's just more comfortable to accommodate and kind of accent, uh, accentuate the comfortable shoe? Or do I actually want to change the function of what's going on in my feet and get something that is more functional? Got it. So what's the, I guess what, uh, what's the material of the insoles and how does like, like a high arch versus like, how does, how does somebody with a high arch issue, how, how would they look at insoles as far as getting them in? And I, I, I used to help out, you know, in plus and soft sole a long time ago, uh, years and years and years ago. So I kind of have a little bit of experience from the insole game, but remind, remind me and let the listeners know, like, if you've got a really super high arch versus just a slight arch, like, is there a difference between like an arch supported uh, insole? Yeah, absolutely. So high arches, pest cavus is the medical term. Those are the trickiest feet. There's no question. It's the smallest percentage of runners that are out there. If you have a true high arch, essentially what's going on in your foot is it's really stiff. The joints, the muscles in your feet are not working with the ground. So it stays in one really fixed position. So that type of foot needs some kind of cushioning to it and it needs some guidance along the way. Otherwise you just smack your heel you smack your forefoot and it feels like a really heavy one, two type of run. And if you're a high arch person, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So if you can mold to that arch and then provide a good layer of cushioning to it, well, then now you're help attenuating that shock and helping to smooth out that running stride. And so high, again, high arch people, I feel for you. I'm not one of them, um, but it is so tricky to fit correctly because if you don't feel that gap perfectly, you're actually going to make things a lot worse as opposed to making them better. Almost any type of insole is going to also help out somebody with plantar fasciitis. Is that right? Or is, sure. or you need to, or do you need to have a little bit of that arch support in there for for planners? Yeah. Plantar fasciitis is the, um, you know, <laughs> it's a tricky situation. One, it's a garbage term. So it can mean a lot of different things. The most thing I would want people to remember with plantar fascia issues. Okay. The plantar fascia starts at the base of your heel. So if you don't have an insole that has good heel support, heel control, heel cup, whatever you want to call it, well, then now you're allowing the foot to overstretch. And so you're already starting off on the wrong foot, so to speak. So you got to have a footbed, I got to have an insole that's got a great heel cup to it. From there, you're trying to find something that marries your arch perfectly so that you're not overworking the extension of the plantar fascia that goes all the way to the tips of your toes, right? So good heel cupping, an arch support um, that marries your arch, is, that's the reason real ticket to helping plantar fascias not getting worse because any inflammation in there, um, if you have mechanical issues in your foot and you're not supporting the foot appropriately, well, then it's just going to make it worse immediately. So you got to support the very back of the foot and work your way up. And would you recommend a custom molded insole for anybody who's got this, this issue or, or because there's not really any support with the cup on the heel position? Is that 
Yeah, you know, it just depends on the severity of the issue. Um, I think the vast majority of people who just tweak their plantar fascia can wear a good off-the-shelf heel-cupped insole and be fine. Mm -hmm. Like it, it takes care, I'd probably say out of seven out of 10 people, but there are some people out there that just have chronic plantar fasciitis. They haven't done anything to address it. They're not willing to stretch, which is a big part of the issue um, in the back of their leg. They're too lazy to do it, which is a lot of people. I'm guilty of it too. Uh, I, I'm totally guilty of it myself. Yeah, right? <laughs> the first question I ask anybody with plantar fasciitis is, do you stretch your hamstrings? And they go, no, why? Listen, well, do you have tight hamstrings? Oh yeah, all the time. Well, you have to loosen up that long cord that goes from your butt all the way to the tips of your toes. And the only place you're really going to feel it is where your Achilles turns into your plantar fascia. And that's where everybody has pain. So you got to do it from two ways. You got to stretch more, sure. But you also have to wear an insole that's going to control that motion at that pivotal point. Otherwise, you're always going to inflame that tissue. So do you, um, from, and I'm sorry, I'm just going to, I want to go through a bunch of different foot um, issues that yeah. I either A, that I personally have, maybe I'm just using this as my own doctor position, huh? <laughs> so, uh, but so, so you got some people that, that will roll their foot in or out. What's, what type of insole would be good for that? I mean, does a high arch support help out with that foot roll? Well, now you're talking about um, changing and altering the function Okay. Strike right. So when we talked about accommodative versus functional, this is going into the functional realm. So it depends on what you're doing. Um, if you're over pronating, rolling in a ton, well then, yeah, you're going to need a firmer support. Otherwise, as soon as you put weight on your shoe and you put weight on that footbed, your foot is immediately going to squish down and overcompensate, and you're not going to have the support your foot needs to have a nice neutral gait. On the flip side, if you don't have a good heel cup and you don't have good cushioning, and you have a tendency to roll your ankle outward with a really high arch. Well, now you're just exacerbating that issue, right? If you have an arch that hits you in the wrong spot, or if you're not cupping the heel appropriately, now you're letting that foot just roll out um, and completely spill to the outside of the shoe, making an ankle roll even worse. And again, going back to, I really feel for high arch people. If you're a trail runner, right? And you're on uneven surfaces all the time where the camber is crazy um, and you've got a high arch. If you're not cupping that heel correctly, well, now you're much more susceptible to rolling your ankle and spraining your ankle all the time. Let's speak on that a little bit more from, from a trail runner to a road runner. There's no real difference, right? Um, you don't really, you wouldn't really suggest a, a any particular insole for a trail runner versus a road runner, right? It no. just comes down yeah. to the foot. Yeah. It really comes down to the mechanics. There's only so much you can do. Um, and that's where the shoes make and break um, your foot essentially from the road to the trail. You know, you take a shoe and the example I like to use for trail all the time is the Brooks Cascadia, right? Beautifully designed shoe. It's got proper support on the medial and the lateral, the inside and the outside of the shoe and the heel and in the forefoot. It's built for any different type of camber. And then you switch to a road shoe that's built for going straight forward, straight backwards with no camber whatsoever, basically flat road running, two very different shoes. So as long as we can support the foot in its bare sense first, then we can build a shoe around that for the type of surface that you're running on. Nice. So one of the questions I'm sure you get a lot of the time is how long, uh, and it's going to depend, I, I, obviously, but how long does an insole uh, last? Yeah. And that does, is, does it have a, does it have a shelf life? Um, yeah. That's the number one question. Anytime I was dispensing an orthotic or fitting off the shelf, always the first question is how long are these going to last? And the honest answer is that it depends. It depends on the person. It depends on the type of, and how much pronation is happening. Um, essentially what I want listeners to remember is look at the top cover, right? That layer of cushion that's usually on the top of every single insole and 
if that starts to blow out, that's always going to be the first thing to go, right? Uh, if that starts to develop holes or you're starting to fray the material that's on top, it's shot. So some people that happens after two years, some people it's four months. It's really person to person dependent. Depends on how many miles you're putting in too, I guess. Yeah, of I mean, course. If, I mean, and, and if you're, I mean, if you're somebody who's going out and doing a rugged mountain run six days a week at, you know, 10 miles a time, I, I can see how the four month time frame is going to apply. But if you're only out there on a weekend warrior, a few miles here and there, um, then you can get by. So let's say, does, does the insole have like a shelf life? Let's say somebody who doesn't run very often and has an insole in their shoe, would you suggest, and, and maybe they've only got 50 miles on their shoe over a course of a a year and a half time period. Would you suggest that they continue using that insole until the insole itself wears out? Or would you suggest a, because you reach a certain time frame, you probably would want to look at one anyway? No, I think you'd be fine uh, swapping that out. Don't worry about time with footbeds. Um, shoes are a little bit different because it's such fluffy open cell foam that if you just let it sit on the shelf, eventually it's going to flatten out. Uh, with an insole, those materials are so compressed and so dense, you're pretty much safe uh, holding on to it until you burn out the top cover. When it comes to shoes, and this is a question that, uh, when, again, when I was helping out, I would always get is, can I use the same insole for multiple pairs of shoes or should I have different insoles for each shoe? Sure. Great question. And <clears throat> honest answer, it depends. So it's all about how the insole marries the fit of the particular shoe. And the one thing I want people to remember is the arch. That's the key area, right? I mean, some basic stuff, when you put the insole in a shoe, yeah, you don't want that insole sliding back and forth or side to side. If it does, it doesn't fit well. It may fit well because you trimmed it to one particular shoe, but then you take it in the other shoe and now it's sliding around. Well, that's not going to work. You're going to blister immediately because you're building up a ton of friction. But, and this is the most important part from a functional standpoint, if you, let's say you get an orthotic, right, or a nice off-the-shelf supportive insole, and it fits into one road running shoe perfectly because that road running shoe has a wide enough arch area to where you're not causing any kind of tilt. It sits nice and flat, and you're allowing the function of the arch support to work with the shoe. The two work in conjunction very well. You're good, right? So now you try to switch it to a trail shoe and I'll pick on a brand here. Let's pick on Adidas, right? Adidas shoes are notoriously narrow in the arch area. So I put that arch support in that Adidas shoe and now what's happening because it's so narrow across the middle and I'm trying to push the insole down into the middle of it. Well, what happens is that it tilts and it tilts to the lateral side. And so now you've actually altered the gate mechanics quite a bit too. Anywhere from, you know, two, five, seven degrees where you're setting yourself up for failure, ankle rolls, sprains, all kinds of bad stuff. So make sure it fits appropriately, but really more than anything, make sure that arch sits down appropriately and there's no tilt to it. Um, people who suffer from and hear this all the time, like squeaky insoles, when they put an insole in, be careful. Sometimes a squeaky footbed means it's not fitting appropriately in the arch area. Um, sometimes you can put some like baby powder in the arch and you're okay, it gets rid of the squeak. But sometimes, and more often than not, it's not fitting appropriately with the bottom of the shoe and you're altering the mechanics of the insole and the shoe. Um, you, you spoke on it really quick is uh, the trimming of the insole. Because um, I know not every insole is going to fit exactly into the shoe as is, right? So what is the best way to go ahead and, and trim, trim your insole? 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a ton of websites that show you how to do this. So I would advise people to, before you just grab a pair of scissors, go on Google, do some research because it's easy to do once you know how to do it. So essentially what you're doing is pulling out the generic insole from the shoe that you're going to trim it to, right? You pull that out, you line it up at the heel. So you go heel to heel with the new one. Then you pinch them together and then you take the, the forefoot um, and you pull it to the inside. So you match the inside, kind of the big toe area to the big toe area of the generic insole that came from the shoe, draw a pen line from the top and then trim away with the scissors. It's that simple. And I can't tell you how many people get this wrong and just try to wing it. Like, oh, I'll just cut a little bit off the tip and I'm fine. And now you've got your fifth pinky toe is hanging off the edge and you just magically get this huge blister and it's the insole's fault. It's not my fault. Well, look at the way you trimmed it. You gotta do it the right way. (laughs) And I would would suggest that, that, uh, or I would guess that you would suggest that people kind of give a little bit of cushion when they, when they, uh, cut that right. So you don't. You want to make sure you, that you're not undercutting it. Yeah. Or, or sorry, overcutting it. So that way, you're, like you said, your toes are kind of hanging off. So you would want to just trim it just just enough where it kind of is outside the line of your of that old insert. Yeah. You know the the old story that goes out there um, is that you want it to be trimmed short by a nickel's width. And that's way oh. too technical for anybody to try to measure. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Just try to marry the bottom of the shoe. That's all. If you can go one-to-one, you're good. And if you're going to be short or long, try to be a little bit long and you'll be safe. Just do it that way. Uh, the information right there was, it was perfect. And I hope that our listeners get a little bit more detail out of, out of some of that, that, that came about. And, you know, again, if you've got any questions when it, when it comes to insoles, always reach out to your local running store and ask them. There's always a, there's always going to be a a rep there in the store or or a staff member in the store that can help out as well. So just keep that in mind um, as if you're listening in on this again, Matt, thank you so much for joining us for the gear chat. And, and I look forward to future conversations with you, man. Hey, Jeff, my pleasure. Anytime, bud. 